0: I wish i do All I want for is Walrus and the Bear Welcome, welcome to episode 8 of Walrus and the Bear The podcast where I, Walrus, take on the intricate and wildly fascinating city that is Berlin And this is a Christmas walrus coming to you, a spirit of Weihnachten, celebrating the Antarctic pleasure of... voke let's go on with the show, shall we now? Well, um, to be honest, this whole idea with having to... Uh, Register and making sure that you're here on time. It already brings a a stress factor to the entire uh, me going up to the dome. The dome of the Reichstag, boys and girls. That's where we're heading today. All the way up the parliamentary building, the heart of German democracy. Let's uh, let's just head in. Let's get it over and done with. Let's get through the security and see what happens. (laughs) Yep. Mm-hmm. Are we on the guest list? This is okay? Yeah, I right. think so. Of course, we're on the guest list. This is Walrus and the Bear. We're regulars here. We love democracy. You see? This is, this is
1: airport security, man. Yeah, laptops out, shoes okay. off. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Uh,
0: and not without any good reason, you know? You don't want to have anyone and you it's a little bit like, cuckoo in here. Now we in Flughafen. Laptop and sowas, is okay, and then, yeah. It is a bit stressful, actually, but absolutely worth it. We're going to enter the Reichstag, which opened its doors first in 1894 during the Kaiser era. It was of major importance of the Nazis coming into power during the Reichstag fire in 1933, during the time of the the Berlin Wall. This was. Uh, so audio. Yeah, uh, yeah, gerne. If I can show what's in the bag, yeah, of course, no worries. As I was saying, the Reichstag stood in former West Berlin. And for this, re- for, for this reason, what, 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 what's going on here? I, I can't take this with me? It does not stay anywhere. I can take the audio equipment. Ah, right. A press pass. Well, that's something that Walrus does not have. Yet. Okay, man, this is the, this is the end of, the, of the, the podcasting already. Yeah. So, um, well, I mean, we're going to go up anyway, but, uh, we can do a dramatic reenactment later yeah. on. Yeah, a dramatic reenactment. Well, this more. just sucks. I was not prepared for this. We went up anyway. I made reservations. The weather was kind of horrible. It was cold. We saw bits of the city. The dome was... Mwah. Probably would not have been an exciting episode anyway. So thank you for listening. This was episode 8. Next week we'll have another... Nah, we wouldn't leave you hanging like that. We'll have something for you. Something way cooler. Rather close to the Reichstag actually. We went back another day and this is how it went down.
1: Could you maybe describe the weather? Uh, The weather is... It's grey, it's cold, it's snowing lightly. <laughs> uh, and there's like little kind of crystalline bits of snow that aren't very pretty, kind of cold and painful.
0: Yeah, the weather is still not in our favour, but who cares? We're going to do something exciting today. In fact, it would actually have been nicer if the weather was a little bit less bone chilling, but... Eh. As, as I said, I hope we can go up the tower with this weather. Yeah. Did I just spoil the surprise? A tower? Ooh, what can it be? So here we have the Siegesäule. Not the goat column. No, 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 definitely not the Siegensäule. Yeah, that's the Siegensäule. What on earth are you guys blabbering about? A goat column? We traded Germany's national treasure, the Reichstag, for a goat column? No, of course not. This is the victory column, the Siegesäule, a column of glorious triumph. So, any idea where this homage to Fallus comes from?
1: Uh, I, I'm gonna guess it was put there, because the Germans haven't won a lot recently. Mm.
0: I'm guessing it's not World
1: War Two. It no, wouldn't be a victory <laughs> column from World War II. Or, no. um, and I'm guessing it's not World War I. So I'm gonna go ahead and say it was sometime um, under the Kaisers.
0: I'm so sorry. Just found out that the editing software has all these nifty sound effects. But yes, you're totally right. The Victory Column was raised under the Kaisers, the Emperors. Actually, under the first Kaiser of Germany, Kaiser Wilhelm I. Yes, who is it? Ah, it's my fellow adventurer, the guy with humor as dry as rye, Mr. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Cliff. 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 All right, I'll stop. This is absolutely horrible. Um, I mean, we're standing right in the middle of Tiergarten, of the big park, right in the center of Berlin. Yeah, and right in the heart of this park is the Victory Column. Let's talk about this tower first. The facts.
1: My name is Walro.
0: Yeah, that's uh, quite impressive. So we have the the first base is this this kind of st- these steps, and they're leading up towards this granite, this huge granite pedestal. Yeah. On top, how do you call that, the, the thing that's on top of a the... rotunda, I think. The rotunda, yes. But we can see a mosaic inside of it. And on top yeah. of the mosaic, on top of the rotunda, is the tower, which on top of that has this huge golden angel. Yeah. Um, it's quite over
1: the top. The, the base mural is that, is that, looks like it's cast iron or something. Yeah, the base mural, no, let's then...
0: walk up to it. They're actually bronze, but on these blacks... These false sheets of metal is a story that eventually led to the unification of Germany in 1871. There are four of them, one on each side of the pedestal, each telling a different story. This is the front, right? We're standing yeah. now in front of the of the victory column. Yeah, we can see the, the the head of the angel right on top of it. And here, actually, the, the relief is split into two. But I, I guess it's. I think it's been lost. Parts that have been lost. Here's Jesus. Yeah,
1: but you can definitely see bullet holes or some kind of oh yeah, damage, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Like that priest has got one right in the head. <laughs> yeah, he
0: got right in the head. Like many other buildings in Berlin, these bullet holes are the result of the Battle of Berlin, the last weeks of fighting when the Soviets marched into the city. If you want to find out more about this, check out episode 5 the Soviet War Memorial. It's interesting that the, the ones, on that one on the main side appears
1: to be in perfect condition. Like it's possibly even been re- completely redone. Yeah. Whereas these are obviously damaged either by time or by war. But at no. least, I mean, there's definitely what
0: looks like some kind of impact marks like they've been shot at. And there's a reason for the blacks on the front side of the monument to be more damaged than the ones in the back. But it does look in a much better
1: condition. I guess maybe, maybe they just were coming from that direction. And that's why there's all the impact marks on this side.
0: Well done, Mr. Cliff. The Soviets were indeed coming from a northwestern direction. They were on their way to capture the Reichstag, one of the last strongholds in Nazi Berlin. It's interesting that you can actually read a monument like that. But back to the plaques. What do we have? We have all these German-looking <laughs> fellows. We have these spiked helmets by which we can ac- actually recognize the Prussians. Uh, We have some eagles, some German eagles. Yeah. The facial hair on these guys is quite Mm. intense. Mm. are you jealous? I'm impressed. So these plaques depict Prussians, citizens of the most powerful German kingdom in the second half of the 19th century. There's all kinds of German-speaking nations, kingdoms and principalities back then, but due to the falling apart of the Holy Roman Empire in 1806, they're lacking a form of unity. Germany does not exist. Yet. It looks almost like they're going off for war here. The war is starting here. Like people are they're being, being giving a, yeah. a, a token or a sort of, how do you say that? When a when priest gives you his blessing. Yeah. And then here you see the people starting to go off towards war. And this is, well, this, this mm-hmm. is a very classical representation of people going to war. It reminds mm-hmm. me of this painting by um, Delacroix. De a Delacroix where the people go off to, in France, They, they with the, the victory, the, um, the France revolution. Mm-hmm. You know, this idea, this oh, woman. the Marianne,
1: like the Marianne is at the front, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's very classic. It's even like up to like uh, the Iwo Jima thing, right? The American troops where they're all leaning towards raising the flag. It's yeah. very similar. Yeah. And a lot of the communist architecture
0: has the same thing of like lots of people like leaning forward in an, in an upward incline. What is being depicted here is the Prussians going to war with Denmark in 1864. They had some dispute over a neighboring province, and as it goes in European history, things are resolved with cannons and men with guns. What is more important, however, is to realize how things could actually get out of hand in the first place. And that has something to do with the appointment of a new Prussian prime minister two years prior, Mr. Otto von Bismarck. That is Bismarck. Oh, that is Bismarck, yes. Yeah, definitely. That is Bismarck. So Roon, Leutke and then Bismarck. Well, Bismarck got quite a statue of his own. We're talking about the huge statues that are next to the victory column. Two of them being field marshals and the biggest of the three, Otto von Bismarck. Now, this man, when he came into power in 1862, had a vision for the unification of all these separate German-speaking nations. Of course, they were speaking the same language, and culturally there were many similarities, but you have to consider that all these states had their own kings and princes, their own statesmen. Who was going to lead this unified Germany? To Bismarck, this answer was clear. Prussia was to be the leading state, with its king, Wilhelm I, to be the emperor. So which one is uh, Willy?
1: Uh, I mean, you would have to think the guy in the middle, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, with the big sideburns and the sash. (laughs) Yeah, Emperor Wilhelm was a real looker, but he was not Kaiser yet the other states had to be convinced that unification with this terrifyingly big and strong Prussian nation-state was a good idea. And what better way to do that with some good old warmongering, something the Prussians were particularly good at. So things start out with the War on the Danes in 1864, and the Prussians, backed by the Austrians, win that one quite easily. But then, two years later, Bismarck finds a way to get things out of hand as well with its former ally, Austria. He gets a bit greedy, sees potential, and in 1866, the Austro-Prussian wars are being fought. In merely seven weeks, the Austrians are on their knees. That's what is being depicted on the second plaque of the victory column. Now, at this time, the construction of the column was already on its way. Victory over the Danes was enough reason to put a 60-meter column topped with a golden statue in the heart of the Prussian capital, Berlin. But another war was coming, depicted on the third plaque, that against the French in 1870. Prussian troops marched into Paris a year later, and in 1871, in the Palace of Versailles, after the third victory of the Prussians, the other German nations rallied behind their big brother and declared Wilhelm of Prussia emperor. Germany was unified.
1: What do we see here? The Brandenburg tour on the far left? they all done, yes. Uh, and it looks like troops of the Imperium, they've got that again, that eagle, a very Roman looking thing, and then children waving goodbye to a, a father.
0: Is this the start of the end of the war?
1: I mean, they're marching away from the Brandenburg Gate, maybe they're returning home?
0: Because going through the Brandenburg Gate is also a sign of victory. victory. Yes, it is in fact the homecoming of the Prussian troops after the victory on the French. Not only did they win their third war, they also made their Berlin the very center of the newly formed German Empire. Uh,
1: And there's like this
0: you can see um, the symbol of
1: Berlin, the bear is up there. Where is it? On these these different things. uh, And on top of it's this. um, this very Roman uh, bundle of um, wreath, bundle of sticks. No, the thing in the middle, of the bundle of sticks, is called a fasces. It's the symbol of the Imperium. It was considered like
0: uh, the Roman, um, uh, the Roman, the Roman symbol uh, for strength through unity. Called, um,
1: they were like basically the enforcers of the, like the enforcers of the peace and the rule of law. They carried this bu- bundle of sticks, and it was called a fasces, and it was what they used to hit people with as a, as a means of punishment was mostly symbolic when they were in charge it's also where the word fascism comes from wow I did not know that yeah it's also interesting that even though Germany likes to leave its history behind uh, you know so this thing of like this you know, new New Germany after World War 2 oh it's they're different people they still love the Iron Cross that Bundeswehr thing like the continuing use of that is like can they not have some, some stuff from their past I mean of course they can but like it's uh, I mean, you take you always take the good with the bad, right? There has to be a symbol associated with it, and if this symbol is associated with like uh, war and imperium and like fighting each other, it's it's interesting. Then
0: I don't know. No, I agree. I mean, always when I see that cross, I, I don't immediately think about Nazis, but I definitely do think d- b- bad war things. Yeah, me bad too. war things. Yeah, and there's something other that strikes us from all these so, plaques in general.
1: I mean. Can I tell you, honestly, I get the impression this, these men do not come up to me as being very sympathetic. You don't think so? No. Why is that? Because it's a whole lot of men who seem like incredibly proud of themselves. Mm-hmm. And then you have a soldier here who's obviously been wounded. And like, it's like they're aware that, there was, that the, the soldiers were wounded and that people died and the, this thing, for this thing to happen. And you see this like broken wheel. But the horses are more or less riding over him, and they're kind of totally <laughs> oblivious to the fact that this guy is there.
0: The fact is that there's a lot of suffering in these blacks as well, as you'd expect from a war, and they made no effort to disguise it. I mean, it's just—I think it—it it, it, it depicts the idea of a war has been fought, and like this is the idea of of people being wounded, like being taken care of. On the left side, you've seen people taken care of by by nurses, and then gloriously from that war. There comes these leader figures, and they're being—they're trampling over stuff, though. They're yeah, yeah, a little bit. To, yeah. me,
1: to me, this is kind of like like here, like there's there's like women and children that do not look in a good state. It's like to me, it just it comes it gives the impression of like here is a bunch of assholes who, through death, destruction, and imperium, made themselves a nice a nice future. Uh, and I guess. I guess this is the future it's leading towards. We'll see
0: more of this once we're going up the tower. Yes, we shall go up the tower. But before we do so, here is a word from our sponsor. (laughs) Nah, still no sponsors, but, 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 but there is some interesting developments coming up. I have been telling you a little bit about my investigation into the Berlin podcasting community, and I have struck some interesting people along the way. It's all coming out in episode 10, but I can promise you there's some very cool things going on. I'm finding myself more and more entangled in the whole audio experience and 2016 has a whole lot more in store for you, listeners of Walrus and the Bear. But let's get back to the tower, back to that cold December day that we decided to go up, a 60 meter high tower in Berlin. Shall we go up? Yeah, let's do it. My feet are freezing. Yeah. We already did one step up. Now we're going to do the second step up, we're yeah. going to go up the pedestal. Next level. So, we're now entering
1: the Serious. Victory Well, oh,
0: we have to buy a ticket, of course. <laughs> My hands are freezing. <laughs> yeah, so we've been standing outside for quite a time now and it was snowing all the while. We are starting to get a little bit cold, actually, starting to get really, really cold. Boy, it's cold. Yeah, oh. And that cold is getting to us while we're trying to describe the mosaics we find on the second level. They have a more archaic symbolism, but articulate as we were downstairs, here things get a little bit messy. So, mosaic, yeah, by Mr. Von Werner. Oh, it's snowing again, that's nice. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh, but what do we see? Uh, An excellent day for visiting the Victory Column. Yeah. yeah, yeah, get on with it. It's cold, we know. And that's a uh, woman with the French flag. Woman with the French flag. What else? And a Roman-looking dude? He's very Roman, isn't he? Roman-looking dude? Check. Some more French flags being captured. Yeah. Uh-huh. Some people saluting the
1: Prussian general. Some very amazing facial hair. Yep, They have some quite good facial hair going on.
0: Really important, really sharp. And what is the logical conclusion of the mosaic? So it appears that the forces of Germany have fought the Romans, the French,
1: I don't know who Paleface is, Uh, the guy next to him, is that a
0: viking? Or or like a Greek uh, figure, like he's coming from the sea or something. Yeah. But they see the Prussians seem to get, try to get rid of everything that's ancient and and has some historic value. Yeah. Excellent, guys. Proud of you. Some real historic analysis went down here. Excellent work. Oh, man, let's go up. Yes, let's go it, it is. I mean, it's only going to get warmer when we get up.
1: I'm not sure that's how it works.
0: <laughs> I mean, how it arises, it's true. Pretty- so we head up the stairs that will eventually lead us up to the top of the column and along the way we ponder on why people are so fascinated with these historic landmarks.
1: You were saying before why people look like you need to go into the center of the, like, the old town and the monuments. I think, and it depends on why you travel, but I think a lot of people travel to Europe for history, right? And the historical center tends to be the center of town, the old town.
0: Yeah, but even if you go to, like for example, Chicago, you kind of like try to see what are the highlights of the city. You always try to find the highlights. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it necessarily has something to do maybe with the history, but also with something unique for that city.
1: And I guess you also have a short time, so you're trying to get some remarkable things in in a short time, so that you have these experiences and these memories.
0: Huh. Want take a seat? Yeah. <laughs> Quick break. Huh. And then, yes then, we arrive on top of the tower. All right, buckle up. although Just... it's freezing up there and the snow is blowing in our faces, it's always pretty cool to get on top of such a structure.
1: All right. Here we are. Huh.
0: This is pretty cool though. Beautiful. <laughs> this is pretty cold. Holy shit. Ah, Can you hold this for a second? Have I mentioned I have slight fear of heights? Oh no. No you did not. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what a weather. Yeah, we didn't stay up a long time. We climbed down after a couple of minutes pondering where we should get a nice cup of tea. We end up going to a tea place not far from the tower. Along the way we also come by the statue made for Bismarck, the statesman considered to have unified Germany. And also, who's he got in front of him? He's got... Atlas. V- uh, Victor- yeah, Atlas carrying the world on his shoulders. Yeah.
1: Very humble of Bismarck to think he carries the world there. <laughs> I'm going to say Victoria again.
0: Victoria. Victoria. Who's just killed a lion. Yeah. Stepping on on its neck. The lion is does not it's not dead, but he's looking very submissive in and this one.
1: Again, I think this thing in her left hand is the bundle of Fasces, which is like the rod of power. Oh, yeah, there the we symbol go. of yeah. Um, power. So I'm guessing it's like power, responsibility... Knowledge is this what we've got over here? She's she's sitting. This woman sphinx. sitting
0: on a sphinx reading a book. Yeah. Wow, that's a that's a good that's a good. It's beautiful, actually. This is my favorite. Analysis. This is really beautiful. Yeah. And then on top of that, on a big pedestal of granite is standing Bismarck himself, wielding a sword, standing looking over his lands or whatever he's looking over. Mm. Um, but this glorification of a person i mean look at also th- something like this you know <coughs> even though Bismarck right, where we 're now walking towards this huge statue, even though he was considered a great leader, making something for for one person like so big yeah. how do you what, how is that right how is that a, a good idea yeah i don 't know To me these statues always feel really awkward, slightly scary at times, and here I am standing in front of the great Bismarck. I should be in awe by this great statue, Um, but I'm not, I don't feel much really. A couple of days after our visit I start to think quite negatively about the column. The symbol of Prussian nationalism is still an important landmark for the city of Berlin, as if they are also proud of what the Prussians did. But what did they do really? They fought wars. Thousands on thousands of people got killed so that Germany could become an empire. It feels like such a hollow strife towards honor and glory, while in fact it was probably more a couple of aristocrats being power hungry. But then when I started editing the episode I wondered, what do you do with such a monument if you were the city of Berlin, even if you did not fully support its message? I mean, it's a very impressive site, an architectural landmark topped with that golden lady. Do you demolish it? No, probably you would not. You probably let it be as a testimony of what your history consists of, so that people can see what took place here, what Germany is made out of. And so it stands in the heart of Tiergarten, the center of Berlin, for you to visit on a cold December day. And so I conclude episode 8 Also the last episode of 2015 I wish all of you many festivities That include laughter and consumption And let's not be over dramatic here We'll see each other in January I might take an extra week So it will be three weeks Before the next episode will come out I'm going to take you to the Vizensee Cemetery
1: Mr. Jimmy Cliff I can't thank you enough For bearing with me during the cold Not once but twice You were a true king of the north The soundtrack was produced by Denis Wouters. Other music by Mark Schilders.
0: If you want to be a part of the walrus and the bear community, I baptised it the League of Sea Mammalians or LSM. Join me on Instagram or on Facebook. Give me thumbs or hearts or any of that sort. Join me in three weeks for the next episode. For now, Schöne Weihnachten and speak to you later.